All right, hey, uh, ouch, you there? I'm here, Stink. All right, everybody, welcome to the Ouch and Stinky Show. Wait, is it Stinky and Ouch or Ouch and Stink? Um, hmm, works st- both ways, so we can probably fly for whatever we want. How about the Stinky Ouch? The Stinky Ouch? We need we need something a little bit more to go with that, Stink. All right, Cramar's Stinky Ouch. Cramar's? <laughs> Okay, oh, wait, 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 I got it. The Stinky Ouch Digital Prune. <gasps> mm, good enough. I like All right, now we need the theme song. Okay, here we go. Ready? Uh, oh, it's the Stinky and Ouch. Vodio-do. Stinky Ouch Digital Prune. Vodio-do-do. Beedy-bop-a-booty. cut up a ba 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 I lost my breath. Okay, okay. I need to get my ukulele. Wait a minute. Okay. Hey, what's on a racket going on up here, Hey, what are you doing here? I'm recording my show without, so why don't you hit the road there, buddy? Oh, wow, hey. Yeah. Take a step back there, Stink. Hey, Alex, how you doing? Yeah, well, I know how you treated me. Now it's my time. It's Stinky's time. All right, take it easy. <sighs> Yeesh. Well, I guess that lends to dispelling the rumors that we're both the same person there, Stink. What are you talking about? You know, people say that we sound alike. Well, that's just the type of thing some people would say. Maybe it's because we're both guys. Wow. That's a stretch. Wow. Yeah, well, anyway, if you're going to keep wowing, just wow your butt right out of here. Hit the bricks, pal. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Well, okay, welcome, everyone, to the Stinky Ouch Digital Prune Show, the show you've all been waiting for, in one in part of the long line of breakout bonus levels, mini-sodes of We Talk Games. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Another big addition to We Talk Games family. Go to wetalkgames.com, hear the latest show, hear what major individuals in the gaming industry have to say, join the social interaction media boards, all kinds of good stuff. wetalkgames.com. What the heck? Did you get a sheet or something? I didn't. No one gets me anything. In fact, uh, you know, we're doing this sort of without the blessing of the wet gack flip please. Oh, really? Ooh, ooh, um, 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 that wasn't me. But, uh, you know, I, I uh, gave Keith ten bucks, and he puts us in this dream. Ah, uh, okay, okay. All right, pal, so, okay, so what are we going to talk about today? Well, today I'm thinking, since there's been so much hoopla and hype around the uh, Xbox Live game room, think of some arcade games that you would want to see in that Xbox game room. Stuff to be brought out in the near future. Uh-huh. And some of those would be Stink. Um, Stinky, are you, um, you understand being the host of a podcast, right? Yeah. Uh, Kodak Carousel Projector, isn't it about time you bought one? Stink, are you just reading your magazine again? No! Huh! I'm ready! Michael Jackson, he's on stage and off. And an exciting 12-page photo album. Uh, the musical tour of the decade, of course. Okay, here. Just let me put it like this. 
You're brought up to the big time now, Stink. You you got to turn it on. You got to be given 110%. I mean, I know on the main show you can get away with that, but y- your name is in the title, man. You got to do something. Frigidaire? Uh, uh, okay, okay. This isn't yelling at you. I'm sorry if you got offended, but Stink, you got to give me something. You know? I'm ready to go. Okay, what's the topic? Here we go. I'm ready now. Yes, sir. Go. Okay, you ready, Stink? I am ready. Let's not just start. Let's go. Oh, oh, oh. oh my gosh, I see stars. You okay, Stink? Just breathe, buddy. Just breathe. Wow. Oh. Too much filler. <laughs> I, okay. I'm sorry, everybody. What's the topic there? Ouch. Okay, today's topic is... With the big release of the Xbox Live Game Room, think of some arcade games that you want to see brought out now. Okay, I'll go first. The first game I'd like to see in the game room is Keystone Capers. Keystone Capers. Uh, um, it, it just came out. Oh. Okay, Yars Revenge. That's what I like to see. Yars Revenge. Um, that one's out too. All right, smart guy. What would you like to see come out? Two things for me. One, I was a child of the 90s, and that's when the big boom of the home consoles came out. You mean the 1890s? Uh, no, 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 1990s. The, tw- the 2090s. Stinky, we're not even there. Oh. We're talking 1990s. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, 1990, you had Super Nintendo, Genesis, N64, PlayStation 1. A lot of my time was spent with those. Gotcha. And the other thing is, my old hometown never had a local arcade. So a lot of the time, I was like, it was either on vacations or theme parks. Or when you took your date to the kissing booth down on Coney Island. That's true. Except for the fact that I'm in Ohio and Coney Island is somewhere farther east than that. You just go to the beach in Ohio. Sure, Stink. I'll just let that one slide. But thanks to this great thing called the internet... I was able to actually find some of them that I did remember, I did play, and I thought I could bring them forward. What do you think, Stink? All right, so what, what are some of the titles you like? And I'll comment, because I happen to be a game master. One of these days we might have to explore that issue, but I digress. First one I want to talk about is a Total Carnage. It was the uh, spiritual sequel to Smash TV. I believe it was a dual-stick shooter, one to move, then one to fire in all directions. But instead of be- it being like a game show like Smash TV, it's like in the middle of some kind of ridiculous war that was going on. I just remember a lot of like updated graphics from Smash TV, constantly scrolling instead of box by box like Smash TV. Me and my brother would play that. Just be there forever. It was good fun for that one. Hey, you know, that reminds me of an arcade game. And it, it, it was from 1992 as well. And it was a lot in that overhead top smash tv style well more like mercs actually and that was a game called nitro ball i'd like to see any daddy east games in there because let's face it daddy east can make some really fun looking sprites now you're not talking about the drink you're talking about the actual guy graphics right yeah because i i don't drink sprite in fact every now and then i like to have a hot toddy that's where you'd be a, take a little bit of hot ginger ale, put a little bit of honey in there, and that's delicious. And maybe something extra. Hmm. That is an interesting drink combo. 
It's great for the digital prune show. It helps me get through it. Gotcha, gotcha. So this game, Nitro Ball, it's pretty amazing. Number one, how many times were you playing Mercs? And you said to yourself, I wish that when I shoot this guy with my machine gun or my spread shot or my grenade launcher that he turn into a rolling pinball and fly into some bumpers or make a hoop shot or knock down some football players and then maybe if I could shoot Slimer and win a motorboat, a yacht, or a jet plane or a fancy Lamborghini car. How many times have you said that to yourself just today? I can't count the number of times, but I don't care if you're lying. I want to play this game. And then you're like, huh, I wish the boss was a big giant Cylon warrior in multi-stages and Dracula was there with bats flying out of his capes. Well, now you can. Nitro Ball is a top-down shooter in the style of Smash TV or Total Carnage. It even has some of the click words that you would get like out of Smash TV. But instead of saying, I buy that for a dollar, you get you hear such things as bingo, which I think they might have said in Smash TV. But my memory's a little hot toddy right now. Now, everything is set up sort of like a game show where you win. But each field, and there's one that's like an alien, there's one that's like a battle zone, and one that's like a ghost town. And there's all these different types, but the first one is like a football field. Except you're fighting mutants on a football field. And when you shoot them in a certain way, they'll roll up into a ball and you try to make them go into bumpers because each stage is also set up like a pinball play field. And then you could actually make a hoop shot and try to get them into a, a little hole. What? Wow. I, uh, <laughs> please continue. I am intrigued by this game. And then you fight bosses and you can win items like a mansion, a Lamborghini, a jet plane that looks like something out of Blue Angels, a yacht, a stack of gold, things like this. And I think I remember when you got your high score, you scored a high score on each play field. Like, each play field was its own pinball table. So you get a separate high score in each table. And they even were displayed, like, on back class. It's just a really amazing mishmash of games. And I'd like to see that. And that was from Daddy East, maker of some great, great titles. The entertainment value from what you just explained to me would make this something to play. I mean, just hearing such a description, just... I wish this was a ground. I just want to play this right now. Bingo! Okay, um... Another one for me is... This This is a game that I have seen at our county fair pretty much every year since I was four years old. The Simpsons arcade game. Yeah, I like to see the world's largest cow. You know what? Our county fair does have the world record for most people doing the chicken dance. <sighs> Next... Okay, yeah, I like Simpsons Arcade. This is a great game. Uh, they, why not? They brought out the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They ruined that one. Why not ruin the Simpsons? Here's the thing, Stink. The Simpsons Arcade game was pretty much the only good Simpsons game for about 12 years. And then, you know, you're hit and run on PlayStation 2. So really, for a 12-year span, this fun, just, you know, basic beat-em-up, I thought was very entertaining. Granted, I was also four... But still. You weren't a fan of Bart versus Radioactive Man? Depends. Was that for a Game Boy? 
Probably. It was for the NES I remember a claim. They made a whole run of Bart versus crappy things. Right, right. I had the Space Mutants one. That's the one I had. Right, okay. I I remember playing it to death, but comparative to the two, which one would stand out more? Well, the Simpsons arcade was definitely the best. Hit and Run was good, but I also liked the Simpsons wrestling, although that was kind of weird for the PlayStation 1. Right. Didn't they all have, like, a weird foreign object they could use in the ring as a power-up or something? Yeah, and it was all that cell shading. Oh, right, right. So it was close to the actual cartoon. Oh, that's what they were shooting for, but it was PlayStation 1. But I'll tell you what, if you do the Bartman after any of these games, it automatically goes up at least another point. (laughs) Okay, okay, fair enough. Do they have any four-player games in the game room yet? Oh, wow. Unless there's Rampart, that might be it. I really don't know. Yeah, I guess not yet. Alright, for my second game, I have to go with Sega. I think for cool factor, Sega really had it. You had to play Alter Beast. I know I played it for the Sega. I don't recall seeing it in the arcades. I didn't know it was from the arcades. Oh, sure, yeah. It's a lot beefier in the arcade, but, you know, pretty much the same thing. But there's really something about the graphics and the art that pulls in a teenage boy to Sega games. Now, their games may not have the longevity of other manufacturers and other game developers, but for a cool factor and a must-play type of game, Sega really had that element to their arcade games. And what better game than 1976's The Fonz? The the Fonz? Yes. It was a, a very unpopular game. Probably the most unpopular Happy Days thing to ever come out. But it was black and white raster graphics, because we're talking about 1976 here. But it did have a handlebar interface. The screen was set at like a 140 degree angle. So you look down on you rest your race your motorcycle. It wasn't very good, of course. But then again, some of these early releases, you know, I think it might fit right in. And now's the time to get on. So I'd like to see Sega become part of that game room. Okay, but what you're telling me is the Fonz game jumped the shark. Raise your hand if you didn't see that one coming. I think the most disappointing thing about it is that you didn't get to jump over the garbage cans in the back of Arnold's, and that's what you think you'd be doing. But no, you're just top-down. It could have been anybody on there. You you don't really know if it's the Fonz or not. The only way you knew it was the Fonz was you looked at the side of the game cabinet, and there was a picture of Fonzie giving you the A. So literally, you just it, the game just could have been called Biker Man. It might have been in Japan. Uh, okay, well, another one I want to see is um, it's a weird game. Again, sticking with the theme of top down for some reason. I don't know what's up with that. But it was uh, it was called a APB All Points Bulletin. Oh yeah, by Atari. Yes, yes, by Atari. I'm glad you did this part. I just looked up game titles because I thought they were fun. But anyway, you're essentially this cop car. You had, let me see here, there was a trigger button, a steering wheel, the siren button, and a gas pedal. So you could actually drive it from the top-down perspective. And basically, what you do is you would get this quota of who you needed to arrest, such as a litterers, honkers, help people on the street, hitchhikers, things like that. And then you would have to hit the siren button, and that's how you would arrest them. Mm-hmm. And then you get, like, a report, Right, at the end of it, you got the report of everything you did, and then that would essentially be your bonus end stage. And then, I think every 
other couple stages, you would have to find a fugitive along with your quota. I know the first one was Freddy Freak, and he just had this, you know, 1960s pink with flowers all over the top of a kind of van. And so you would have to do something a little bit more and extra to have them pull over. The siren isn't going to work for that one. <laughs> and then once you cut them, just this weird mini game. It was the interrogation. We had just had to press the buttons back and forth real fast. And you just see your guy shaking the suspect in the interrogation room while slowly your supervisor was coming down to make sure you were doing everything by the books. And you had to get him to confess before he got there to get the bonus. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. You know, they could just bring out all the arcade conversions they did for the Atari Lynx. And you have a nice body of arcade games like Stun Runner and things like that there. Right. You know what else I want to see? I just want to see Microsoft pull this amazing coup of a merger. Just absolutely out of nowhere. Just like swept right out underneath the opponent's feet. Just go, guess what? We got Donkey Kong. Yeah. You know, Nintendo had such a great library. I think Kyle mentioned it. They had such a great library of arcade games. That would be really something if Nintendo released some of their early games in this game room. The only problem is, is that they really haven't even released those for the Wii, which is completely bizarre. Right, right. They only release their home consoles. Maybe they think that just connects more, but they still have generally their whole arcade library to go off on. What games would you like to see from Nintendo in the game room? Oh, man. Uh, let's see here. There was Donkey Kong. There was the original like Mario Brothers like battle stage. Like, you had the three different tiers, and you were Mario Luigi. The best thing I can tell you to relate to is the POW block in the middle. Yep. That would flip all the things, and then you would have to kick them off. Yeah, that was just called Mario Brothers, or Mario Bros, period. And you were basically either Mario or Luigi, and you'd be fighting different types of bugs. You had to bonk the bugs from underneath, and turtles, to turn them over. And then they'd get back in their shells, and then they'd be really mad at you. You bonk them from underneath, you'd knock them out for a temporary amount of time, then you had to jump up to that level and kick them so that they would be gone. And there would be maws, and there would be turtles, and if you took too long, then a fireball would come after you, and it was very hard to dodge those. Crabs! That reminds me of Coney Island with my girlfriend, the crabs. Oh, stink, stink. Personal stuff, key stays personal. Yeah, that reminds me, I gotta go number two, so we we gotta start wrapping this up. Okay, I, I'm good, Stink. Whenever you're ready to go, we can do this. Alright, so my final game, I think, that I could think of off the top of my head, would have to be another game that would never come out. And that was another gem from 1976, from Chicago Coin. It was called Super Flipper. Now, you might think that since I mentioned the Fonz, this is based on the Dolphin Flipper. But it's not. It's it, not Stink. What is it about then? You think it was about UFOs because it had UFOs on the backboard. Wait, did I say backboard? Yeah, it also had a plunger. Yeah, but then you look down at the pinball table and there's just a giant television in there. What the heck? Yeah, it was a video pinballs from 1976 that you actually played with Flipper and a plunger. But it was a video pin, and it kind of stunk. So kind of like in the same veins of, you know, the Gotta Lead collection, the Williamson collection of the Pinball Hall of Fames that came out. Yeah, except in black and white. 
master graphics with not much going on. But they tried that, and of course it didn't do so good because at that time, we were at the very beginning of, of the video game movement, and people that play pinball and people that play video games, they were sort of at odds with each other. But, you know, this leads into a couple things that we would later see on, like in 1982. Of course, everyone's very familiar with Bally Midway's Baby Pac-Man. For the purpose of this story, yes. Yes. So, this was the merger of a pinball machine and playing a video game. Now, Gottlieb Bally made actually two of these sorts of tables. They made uh, 1982's Baby Pac-Man, and then they made 1984's Granny and the Gators. Wait, wait, what? Whoa, whoa. Granny and the Gators? Yeah. Both of these were very similar. They were mini pin tables, which were kind of very fast because they're, they're only mini pins. There's not a lot to do. There's not a lot of targets, and you sort of go around in circles, and it's kind of weird. But if you're a big fan of Granny and the Gators, just by name alone, I'm sure you can find somebody out there, like on eBay, that might make the actual arcade flyer for this game into a collectible keychain. That's great and all stink, but I want to play the game. You can't name a game Granny and the Gators and then just leave me hanging. How do you play this stink? Well, unfortunately, I seriously doubt that any more than 2,000 of any of these titles were ever made because it just didn't do so well. Everybody knows how you play baby Pac-Man. You start out playing Pac-Man with a joystick. It's a single joystick game. And the unique thing about Baby Pac-Man is you'll notice that there's no power pellets. In order to get powered up to eat your ghosts, you start out in the screen and you have to go down through the lower tubes. When you go down through the lower tubes, then you come out as a pinball in the little mini pin game. You have to pinball around, you hit targets, you do different things, flashing light, it looks really neat. And then you hit the little power pellet target that's up at the very center top of the screen. It's on a rail. So when you hit the little power pellet ball, when it's on the right-hand side, it rails over to the left-hand side and vice versa. Then all of a sudden you're powered up and you go back up top and you try to eat the ghost. So it makes it a very challenging game of Pac-Man since you have to go down through tunnels in order to try to take a chance at pinballing a power-up. Wow, I am... I'm really impressed by that. That is a un such a unique blend. And you said it didn't really do too well. No, because the pins were only mini pins. Well, at least the Bally Midway versions. And Granny and the Gators, to get back to that, that was a another really bizarre one. You're Granny, and you're in your kayak. Because what else are you going to be taking down the bayou except the kayak? And this one didn't have any joystick. You had two paddles, a paddle buttons on each side. And you pound the paddle buttons to paddle your canoe towards the left-hand or right-hand side of the river. So it's sort of like tubing in no ways except that you're going down a river. That looks about the same. And then when you see the gator, of course, you fire Granny's gun at the gator. And once you shoot a gator, then you're down in the pinball. And then you pinball around, and there's even less to do in Granny's pinball machine. But it's a real neat one, and like I said, I think... They probably only made like 1,300 of these. So it's a real collector's item there. Yeah, they probably cost you a pretty penny. And, it, and if not, they're at least hard to find. Now, as soon as 1982 Bally Midway's Baby Pack came on the scene, Gottlieb got in the game. Because why wouldn't they? Gottlieb had a game called Caveman. You know, Kyle and I 
We both love the movie Tilt, the battle to save pinball. And in fact, we've had Greg Miletic on our show many times, and he's the guy behind making that. And that featured Pinball 2000. Well, before Pinball 2000 and where they sort of got the idea of projecting down a video screen was from the game Caveman. Now, Caveman was sort of a shorter pin. I My memory's a little sketchy on it, but I remember that the screen was a little hard to see because they didn't really cover it up well enough to have the reflection seen by the table glass. So essentially, it was just one big glare. Yeah, it was a little glary. They tried by making it extend out over the playfield, but all in all, it didn't work so well. And that was also a single joystick game. And I remember, yeah, it had a caveman, and there must have been a punch button too. Because you had a caveman, and you ran, went around bonking brontosauruses on the head. So the proportions were a little crazy. And it was a maze game as well. But that's not all. Because this idea did not die. And because the mini pins didn't work so well, the playfields were just a little too short. In 1995, Flip 6 came out. Now, what happened to Flip 1, 2, 3, and 4? I don't know. And this was by Ender. You're probably saying, who's Ender? I don't know. But they made a full-size pin, and instead of even trying to merge these games, they just said, hey, let's do a beat-em-up and a pinball machine, and we'll just put them in the same game. In the same cabinet. Sometimes you play the pinball, and sometimes you play the stink. It was a very large monitor inside the backboard of a full-size pinball machine. And it had two complete giant joysticks sitting in the top of the pinball with two sets of three buttons on each. So two people could actually play simultaneously on this beat-em-up on the top. It was sort of like eh, gladiators or something. And then you played the pinball. It was kind of weird. Wow, beat 'em ups and pinball. That's like it's like making a salad out of steak and clothespins. Which isn't so bad. You know, one time I made a cake. And my third wife, she got pretty mad at me. Because it tasted like poo. And it was so soppy. And I said, what the heck? I baked it for 200 hours at one degree. What's going on? Oh, uh, uh, steak. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, deep. I followed those instructions perfectly. I can't help it. I'm dyslexic. Oh, stinky. Uh, uh, we need to get you help. And, hey, you know what, Ouch? Before I go, I got to tell you something that I'm very excited about. If you have four grand, like on a credit card, that's the best way because that's not really your money. If you have four grand, I have a great idea for you. Something that's very exciting. And we're talking about Greg Miletic, and we're talking about Pinball 2000. And you were talking about the Gottlieb collections and the Pinball Hall of Fames and the things like this. And I'm not sure if this is one of the projects Steve Ritchie was talking about, hinting at when he was on the show. But Global VR now has the Ultra Pin Digital Pinball Table. It is a full-size pinball machine. The top glass play field is a television oh man stinky it sounds like i have a goal for when i make my empire keep go you got anything else oh you just can't leave me yes the initial launch is a 12 in 1 classics machine strikes and spares which is an amazing game xenon 
Attack from Mars, Saucerer, F-14 Tomcat, Medieval Madness, Funhouse, Firepower. I mean, we're talking Steve Ritchie, Steve Ritchie's brother. Eight ball champion. Not only do you have Xenon, but you have Pinbot. Two sexy pinball machines in one table. Fathom and Black Knight. Four grand for all these classic tables, most of which we've had the people that helped develop these tables and were the brainchild of these people. And we talk about 12 and 1 for $4,000 full-size pin. I think I'm in love with this pinball table now. Yeah, check out Global VR. It's pretty amazing. I'm very excited about this. Hey, Ouch, I gotta tell you, I gotta crap. Yeah, I, again, keep it to yourself, Stink, but do what you gotta do. Pretty soon, I'm not gonna be able to keep it to myself. Stinky. Yeah, all right. Thanks, everybody, for joining in the first show. It's Stinky and Ouch, Looty Doo Doo, Vodi Oto, Vodi Oto. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>